What's up, you guys? This is another episode of the Triple Options Report, where we talk about sports, comics, and pop culture. And, uh, yeah, it's been a while <laughs> since I've had my last episode. Uh, been pretty busy. I've had a lot of uh, Thanksgiving and everything like that. So, I've been kind of off my game lately, but I'm back. And what better time than right now? College football, the regular season just ended. College uh, conference titles just ended. And now... As you all know, the big thing happened with the playoffs, and and uh, yeah, let's just focus on that this episode. So, as you all know, Michigan, well, Georgia lost to Alabama in the SEC title game, and Michigan won their title game, Florida State won theirs, Washington and Texas, they all won theirs. So, as you all know, Michigan was number two originally. Into the week, they ended out what 13 0, 10 0 in conference, dominated Iowa, did what they had to do because you know, Iowa's defense is arguably the best in the country, so you're not gonna be able to score 40 plus on them. So, Michigan just had did they just did what they had to do, they were up 10 nothing because at the same time, Iowa's offense is also statistically speaking the worst in the country. So, Michigan just had to go up 10 nothing, and because they have what probably the second best defense in the country just hold for it and that was it so yeah like like Michigan they won pretty comfortably uh Florida State despite the injuries despite their backup quarterback being being out with with a concussion they still managed to beat a top 15 team Louisville by double figures we'll get back to that Washington despite being not as impressive as Oregon throughout the second half of the season and being an almost 10-point underdog, would go on to beat Oregon by the same margin of victory they beat them in the regular season. This time on a neutral field. And finally, uh, like I said, oh yeah, Texas demolished Oklahoma State. No one's really surprised with that. And, of course, Georgia losing this to Alabama. Now, this Georgia team, to me, honestly... They didn't really look anywhere near as good as they did last year or the year before that. The first Georgia team to win a title in 2021, that one, their defense was... If it weren't for the SEC title game, they would be, statistically speaking, an all-time defense. Obviously. They, they were another level. And they had a lot of NFL stars in that defense already. Uh, last year's Georgia team was a lot more balanced. A lot better offense. Way better offense than, than the year before. And their defense wasn't as good, but it was still, like... Clear cut one of the top two, if not the best in the country. So they looked at another level than anyone else, honestly, last year. So I wasn't surprised that they won. That yeah, I would, like they went 15. You know, I wasn't surprised. Now this Georgia team, I looked at them. I looked at how they played throughout the year, and it wasn't surprising to me that they lost to Bama. One thing that I noticed about this Georgia team that made it completely different from past Georgia teams is that the front seven was always a strength for those Georgia. For twenty, for like, what the last two Georgia teams that that front seven, the D line linebackers, it was like it was, <laughs> it was like the Great Wall of China. Like you can't get through it. So, like you could not run on them at all. This year's Georgia team, they actually have kind of a mediocre, like not just like for their team, like just straight up, in general, a objectively mediocre average front seven. So you could run on them, a lot, and like. The offense, as good as it was, at times didn't look anywhere near as explosive as it did last year. 
So, like, this Georgia team looked a lot more human than past Georgia teams. And I wasn't really surprised that Alabama was able to beat them. Bama's running game, it stepped up. And also, another thing that helped out Bama was that Georgia made a lot of mistakes. They did not play that discipline at all, especially on offense. The offense made a lot of mistakes. So even though Bama got outgained and the offense wasn't able to do much besides run, they would have pulled it off. So uh, that upset happened, right? Bama beating Georgia. So that knocked out Georgia at the playoffs, most likely, right? Well, here's the thing. We saw the playoff reveals. Playoff, the playoff ranking reveals uh, on Sunday. Michigan was number one, as, as expected. They were number two, and they won comfortably, so yeah. Number two was Washington. Again, expected. They're undefeated. They won the Pac-12, the best conference in the country this year. Expected. Number three was Texas. They jumped up from number seven to number three. Okay. All right. Now, you would think, okay, so if there's going to be a one-loss team, there's three undefeated teams, right? Florida State's also undefeated 13 now. So you think that three Power 5 Conference winners who are undefeated, right? Two other Power 5 Conference winners, right, that have one loss. That's Texas and Bama. Texas would be ranked ahead of Bama clearly because they beat Bama by 10 in Bama. So, earlier in the season. So you got three undefeateds, right? Michigan, Washington, Florida State. Two one loss. Well, one one loss, Texas has an advantage over the other one loss, Alabama, because they beat Alabama. So you've got that, right? We've already named two of the undefeateds. Number one, Michigan. Number two, Washington. We named one of the one losses, the one that had the advantage. Number three, Texas. So you expect number four to be Florida State, right? To fill that playoff spot. And Alabama's left out. No. They picked Bama number four. And picked number and picked Florida State number five. Now, I just don't get this. If, if you're gonna say that Florida State wasn't good enough, right? Then why did you put them ahead of Georgia and ahead of Ohio State and ahead of Oregon? Does that make any sense to you? No. None at all. Like it, it's. it's it's nonsensical. Like, like it doesn't go. You're not, <laughs> you're not going with with the the method that you want to do, right? You're not going with with what you believe is the best team. If that was the case, then Florida State should be ranked eighth or ninth. You're not going with what's the most deserved team because if that's the case, then Florida State should be number three or number four. You're going with just randomly. It's a cop out to me. And then it shows that it really was a cop out. Is that then you went a 180 from what the committee did, from what, like, they believe, apparently, by instead of putting what uh, who would on paper be the best uh, group of five team, right, SMU, who's been dominant in the AAC, a much better conference than Conference USA, and you put them ahead of, no, you put them ranked be- behind Liberty by what, one spot? A Liberty team that had the weakest schedule in the entire FBS? In the weakest conference by far. The Conference USA this year was pretty much what, ironically enough, if you know the history between the Conference USA and, and the Sun Belt in recent years, ironically enough, the Conference USA is practically what the Sun Belt used, Sun Belt used to be, a glorified FCS conference. Like, that's how weak it was. 
So you put that Liberty team and put them, yes, they're undefeated, but you said, like, oh, because they're undefeated, they deserve to get this last uh, group of five spot for a New Year's Six Bowl game. So not the perceived better team, SMU, the more deserved team. But when it came to the playoffs, you pick the <laughs> more perceived better team than the deserved team. Do you not see how that doesn't connect? It's very weird. Even like how the ESPN, a lot of ESPN commentators were reacting, like overnight they went from, oh, well, you know, if it happens, it happens, the undefeated team or who's most deserved deserves to get in to who's a better team, like objectively overnight. It was weird. And I know that like, I'm not going like, to put on my tinfoil hat or anything, but I'm just saying like, Every single bowl game, almost every bowl game, including all New Year's Six bowl games are on ESPN, not uh, Fox, not Fox Sports, not uh, CBS, not CBS Sports, not NBC. Heck, not even ABC, which is affiliated with ESPN under Disney. No, just strictly ESPN. Heck, barely any of them are on ESPN 2. I don't think even even any of them are on ESPN U. They're all on ESPN, <laughs> almost all of them, including all the New Year's Six bowl games. Which I think sucks. Like, I, I, I miss when the, the major bowl games were on ABC and Fox. That was cool. Like, I I grew up with, with the BCS, and all the BCS bowl games were on either ABC or Fox. I, let's, we should go back to that. But anyway, yeah, they're on ESPN on cable. I don't get that. But yeah, like, even that, like, I can make a whole episode off of how ESPN monopolizing the sports media, like, how that's a bad thing. Obviously, the monopolies are never good. But I'm just saying, like, it it goes deep. Let's just say that. But, yeah, like, like I, I just, just, it's a lot. And it, I, I don't know, man. Like, like ESPN, also, the fact that their stranglehold on college football is definitely going to be crushed these next few years. ES, with the whole Big Ten, how it's getting more money, and how now... Almost all the conferences went in, like, we look at Fox and NBC and, and CBS and, and those three, out of those three channels, Big 12, Big 10, Pac-12, well, rest in peace. But, Pac-2, uh, who else? Like, like those three alone are all gonna be a, 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 a part of, uh, separate from ESPN. Barely on ESPN, if on ESPN at all, honestly. Except for like rare can rare uh, like rare rare uh like oh jeez what word am I thinking of? Well, like, yeah, rare appearances where like occasions occasions like where like you might see like a a, a Red River shootout or something like that on on ABC maybe maybe but like that's it. Most of the, of the time, when it comes to those three conferences, or now just two, they're all going to be on Fox, NBC, CBS. And then you go with that, and with the ACC, now you got some of those ACC games on the CW now. And Notre Dame's always been on NBC, so you always knock that out. So yeah, ESPN's kind of left with the SEC and partially of the ACC for major conferences. That's it. So you can already see, like, the window's starting to close down, so what you have left, you take advantage of, right? I wouldn't be surprised. That's all I'm saying. But, that's it now.
can't change from it now, I guess. So, with that being said, I thought it was BS. Uh, it should be. I, I, I. You know what? We, you know, I'm gonna say something. I saw a tweet from Bomani Jones. It was pretty much like critiquing the entire playoff system, and I kind of agree. Yes, the BCS system had its flaws, but I think part of that was also that the Big Ten and other conferences just weren't doing a good job of, uh, evolving quick enough, like the SEC did. Now they have. You're going to see that in the playoffs this year. From my predictions, which I'll talk about later on in the episode. But yeah, like, I, I just think it was a coincidence. I don't combine with ESPN. Yeah, the ESPN was pretty petty because the Big Ten uh, one-upped them and everything. But it was kind of just SEC dominance, really. And it, it, it wasn't purely in the human's control like it is here. So you can see stupid stuff like uh, most deserve. I mean, not most of it. Like, Perceived best, whatever that means. If the BCS rankings were existing now, it would be Michigan versus Washington in the BCS title game. But you know what I think would be a, a, a I think would be a perfect scenario. I would just have it go back to how it was in the BCS, but with the four teams playing in a playoff. That makes perfect sense, right? Or, something really big-brained here. This is a super big-brained uh, uh, situation, uh, like, uh, scenario I'm about to talk about. Don't even bring back the playoffs. Keep the BCS how it was, right? And then have each of these teams play in the, in the bowl game and knock out the, the national title game. Don't have that. Like, the OG BCS. And, like, you could add, I guess, the Cotton Bowl as a major bowl game, too, and that's it, right? So, with that, have the top two ranked teams afterwards play each other in a title game. Sounds crazy. Like whoever was number one, number two after the bowl season play each other next week in a title game. Or two weeks from then. Boom. I don't know. That sounds pretty crazy. <laughs> but, you know, logistically that might be hard to do because, you know, only having a two weeks at most... Uh, <laughs> time to, to get ready for a, a title game, but who knows? Just saying. So, yeah. Like, with that, that could fix a lot of problems, I think. Also, I like bowl games. I like them to, to have prestige behind them. I like them to matter again. Another thing that can make bowl games matter and make players play in bowl games is to pay them. Like Harbaugh said, give them a part of the ad money, revenue, and everything like that. Pay them an actual, like, almost like a contract type of thing, right? They'll play in bowl games. Because they're getting paid. There's a reason for them to actually play in a bowl game. And it'll make the bowl game more entertaining and more prestigious. Holiday Bowl and Sun Bowl. And, 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 and it used to be Outback Bowl. Now it's really like Crest Bowl. But yeah, like, stuff like that will make the bowl games more prestigious like they used to be. And now it's going up. So, yeah, there's a lot of things you could change. I think they overdid it with the playoff, and I don't know how it's going to be the 12-team playoff. Maybe it fixes all this next year, but who knows. I still like my bowl games to, to, to matter, though. <laughs> and to be a little traditional, like, in terms of when they happen. Uh, a Peach Bowl on the, what, December 29th, I'm not a big fan of that. I grew up with the Peach Bowl being at 8 o'clock p.m. on New Year's Eve, ending right before the ball dropped. And on New Year's Day, it was always Outback, Citrus, 
uh, either the Gator or the Cotton or whatever, like another one of those bowl games in there. Might have been all four. And then afternoon or evening time at five was Rose Bowl and all those bowl games were over with. And at eight, eight thirty was most likely the Sugar. That's how New Year's was. About five to six bowl games. Boom. Now it's a little different now. But, you know, it is what it is. What can you say? At this point, might as well just go ahead and make my picks uh, for my two playoff games. I look at Bama, I look at Michigan in the Rose Bowl, right? One Michigan for Bama. Uh, one thing I love is that, well, I hope it happens, is that I know that Michigan's going to be Michigan's gonna be wearing their home games, right? Their home uniforms. So, blue jersey. I hope they wear their maize pants with the white socks. And they have the emblems on their shoulders, like the big rose emblems that they had at the 98 Rose Bowl when they won the last title over Wazoo. It was a 20 to 14. Yeah, th- those, you look, up, look those uniforms up. Perfect for Michigan. I'd love those. So, like, that would be great if that happened. And uh, Texas and Washington, honestly, I think they look good regardless, honestly. <laughs> I, that's just a specific thing that I'd like to see happen with Michigan. I don't know. The Rose Bowl, I like the, the giant Rose emblem emblems. Whenever I do the Rose designs in general, the Rose Bowl designs and uniforms for any of these teams that play in the Rose Bowl in general, they always look great. I remember the Texas, the TCU ones when they had the horn toe with the holding the Rose's mouth. I, I just think that stuff looks great. But yeah, like, with the Rose Bowl, Michigan and Bama... It's kind of interesting with both these matchups, actually. Texas-Washington and Michigan-Bama, because they actually have each have a weakness for each other. Like, each is a bad matchup or a good matchup for each other. All four playoff teams. The worst matchup for Michigan of the four, of the, 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 four, the three other playoff teams is Texas. Because Texas defense plays, and it, like, plays against Michigan's strength on offense. Texas, top, like, their strength on defense is their... Front seven. They have one of the best in the country. It's hard to run on Texas. Michigan loves to run the ball. Texas DBs, though, are very bad. They're not very good. They're, I mean, not very bad, but they're not good. They're pretty bad. But their front seven so strong, and Michigan likes to run the ball a lot, they'd be forced to throw the ball a lot in that game. Uh, it kind of throw them off a little. Texas is also a bad matchup for Alabama, as we saw. I just think they are, objectively. You actually look at how they play, they're a pretty bad match for Bama, too, for the same reason. Now, at the same time, Texas is a good match for Washington because Washington doesn't run the ball like that. They throw the ball a lot. So, and, and they'll feast on Texas DBs. As for Washington, Washington, like I said, Texas is a good matchup for them. Bama, huh, it's a bad matchup. Bama's DBs are elite. That that their back four is harder to throw on, and that's Washington's offensive strength. And Washington's defense is overall just bad, so Bama could score them anyway. Same as Michigan, another bad matchup for Washington because again, same thing like Bama. Michigan Michigan's defense is the only one that doesn't really have a flaw because you could say that Bama's front seven is kind of same as Georgia's, kind of mid, while. Uh, uh, Texas DBs aren't good at all, and Washington's defense all together isn't good. Michigan really doesn't have a flaw. Their DBs might not be as good as a unit, 
as like uh, Georgia or maybe Bama. Might be better than I don't know. Or t- kind of a toss up. But their front seven is significantly better than Bama's. And their 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 DBs are way better than te- Texas. So yeah, like that's a tough matchup. But at the same time, like I said, Texas is still a tough matchup for them because of yeah. But Washington's a bad like Michigan's a bad matchup for Washington, and uh, so is Bama. But Texas is a really good matchup for Washington. Uh, Michigan and and Georgia are good matchups for Texas, but Washington's a bad matchup for Texas. Uh, Texas is probably a bad matchup for Michigan. But Washington and, and Alabama are good matchups for Michigan. So, and, and for Bama, uh, uh, Michigan's probably not the best, or Texas, or probably aren't the best matchups for, for Alabama, but Washington is a good matchup, matchup for Alabama. So, like, they all kind of even in their own weird way. So, with that being said, uh, back to the Rose Bowl, I think Bama is a good matchup for Michigan. And, vice, and Michigan is a bad match for Bama. Like I said, Michigan doesn't have any holes, flaws like that on defense. Bama's front seven is kind of the weak point here. Uh, Michigan loves to run the ball. They're going to run the ball on Bama. And I think it's going to work. This is not Bama, like I said before, with Georgia, this ain't the same Bama team it was in, in previous years with Dick Saban. This team's built different. Their elite defensively, like their eliteness on defense is in their passing defense. Their rushing defense is solid, but it's nothing like Nowhere near what Penn State or Ohio State or Iowa's is. So Michigan's going to be able to run the ball. And Michigan still ran the ball on Penn State. That's a crazy thing. And they still ran the ball pretty solidly on Ohio State too. So, yeah, like, I I, I don't know. I, I just think this is going to be a surprisingly good match for Michigan, I think. I think a lot of people are thinking like, oh, Michigan's going to get smashed. It's Bama. This is not 2012. This is not 2015. This is a different Michigan and different Bama team. So, yeah, I think there's a bad matchup. I think Michigan runs the ball really well. And I think it opens up their passing game. And because Bama's quarterback is kind of mistake-prone in the way that how he gets sacked, how he got sacked against Georgia, how he got sacked against Auburn and other teams throughout the year, was that he would force the sacks to happen more by running completely out the pocket. And not in the best way, like... Whenever quarterbacks should, they they should know. You'll know when a quarterback's getting out of a pocket in the right way. Like he always scrambles out to the side, like it's a play action, even if it's not a play action, which leads to a lot of sacks. Because that's not the way the old line's supposed to be blocking. He's getting out of the way of, of the actual play itself. So, because he likes to freestyle a lot, I can see that being taken advantage of by Michigan's front seven. And yes, he's fast, but Michigan has a guy who can they can use as a scout, Alex Orgy. So they have someone on their team they can use as, as a scout for Jalen Milwell. And they have players that can blitz, whether it be Mike uh, Sainristol or or uh, uh, maybe even in one of their linebackers. Mike Barrett. Have him go up against uh, uh, Milwell and, and go from there. They're both fast enough. So, like, they have ways to, to neutralize Miro. Multiple ra- ways to, to neutralize Jalen Miro, both in the air and on the ground. Uh, the running game for Bama, I don't think they'll run like that on, on Michigan at all. No team has. If Shavon Henderson couldn't, then, nah. Ain't gonna happen. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just think it's a bad matchup for, for Bama this year. 
And I, I think Michigan's really well pre- uh, prepared for this. I, I think... I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan wins this by double figures, honestly. The same way Texas did. I think it's a tough matchup. That's all I'm saying. As for Texas and Washington, again, same thing. <laughs> I think this is a good matchup for Washington. Washington got the one team in the playoffs who has a bad uh, def- passing defense. And a, a bad defensive backfield. They got the one team that plays directly into Washington's offensive shrinks. So I think that it's going to be uh, Washington will probably force it and drag it to a shootout, and that's exactly what they want. Yes, they'll get scored on a lot by, by uh, Texas offense, but they'll be able to score in Texas a lot too. And I think more. Because again, it feeds it, it, Texas defense feeds more into, into Washington, Washington shrinks overall. And on paper, as good as Texas offense is on paper, Washington has a better offense. A more explosive offense. Maybe not as balanced because Texas has a better running game, but much better. But Washington still has overall, like with Oregon, Oregon on paper has a much better uh, rushing game. But overall, offensively, Washington had more. And I think this will be the same case. I think it will go exactly how the Oregon games went, both of them. I think it will be close and go down to the wire, but I think Washington at the end will just have a little too much firepower. And they'll get by Texas. So, yeah, my na- my t- national title game is Michigan versus Washington. And in that case, I'm going to go with Michigan. Washington has a lot of firepower, yes. And this, is be the, this would be the best offense that Michigan would play all year. And a different offense from what Michigan has been playing. The closest thing to Washington offensively that Michigan's played against is Maryland. And outside of, like, and they, they gave them some problems. I will say that. Even Bama is nothing like Washington's offense. Nothing. There's kind of, they play kind of like a Big Ten style offense, too. So Michigan will be comfortable against that. This will be take the defense for Michigan out of their comfort zone. But in spite of that, I, I think that Michigan just has a little, I don't know. I think their defense is good enough that they'll keep Washington from being able to explode like explode like they have on everyone else. So, and I think Michigan will be able to score any way they want to. JJ will really open up against Washington, and this that if that's the matchup, JJ will score. Will be able to pass the ball a lot and efficiently. He's still one. Of, JJ McCarthy is still one of the most efficient quarterbacks, if not the most efficient quarterback in at the FBS this year. So. I, I still think at the end of the day, like, in Michigan and Washington, despite Washington's offense and how different it is than what Michigan's defense has played all year, I think that Michigan will be able to score at will on Washington because Washington's defense is not good, and especially not in their front seven is not that good either, so Michigan will be able to run the ball like crazy, and their, their defense is much better than Oregon's, is better than, objectively better than Bama's. So, yeah. I, I think that Michigan would be able to beat Washington. I'm not going to say they blow them out, but I think they win, and I feel confident that they win. And this is one of those games, kind of like Ohio State where or Penn State where, you know, they're not blowing them out, but they're leading the entire time. So, yeah, I'm predicting that Michigan beats Alabama in the Rose Bowl, Washington beats Texas in, in, in the Sugar Bowl, and Michigan beats Washington in the national title game. So, with that said... Might as well do a, a big time pick. Uh, I'll go with the last actual regular season game left. 
Army Navy. Of course, one of the biggest rivalry games in all of college football and all of North American sports, really, is Army Navy. It's a big game. Uh, I'm still confused why Navy is not allowed in the bowl game. Or, okay, they weren't bowl eligible yet, but they still could be. <laughs> That's we. Oh, oh, oh wait, I think they actually turned it. Oh, okay, no, no, I just thought about it. I think Navy turned their bowl uh, invitation potentials down to make the Army game like kind of like their bowl game. Okay, never mind. And Army didn't have enough. They had like two FCS teams, so they had to go seven and five, not six and six. So there weren't any. They and they decided, nah, we're good. We'll we'll turn that down too. I think because they still had a spot above Minnesota, who was five and seven, and both James Madison and uh, Jacksonville State. So there still were spots available, but they. I guess they decided, yeah, nah, we're good. This will be a bowl game. So they're both gonna play extra hard. Uh, I don't know who wins this one. They're both kind of even. They both run a triple option. Well, Navy does Navy still run that, or does Army still run that? Or do they both run like a, a just like a, a different form of it? Not exactly a triple option, but sort of like it. Uh, I don't know. I would say like Navy played better at the end of the year than Army did, but Army improved at the end of the year as well. So I don't know. Hmm. Let me see. Who do I think wins? Army or Navy? Uh, let's see. I think Army has a better defense than Navy. So, and they beat Air Force. And Navy just came off of getting annihilated by SMU. So, you know what? I'll go with Army. Especially, you know, I, I thought about it. I'll go with Army also because Navy beat Army last year. If I'm correct. I believe they did. Yep, they did. No, Army beat Navy. Oh. Okay. Uh, I think this time... I don't know. I still stick with... Hmm. I think Army beats Navy again this year. I think that Army's coming with a little bit more momentum. It's uh, it's an even game overall. It's super tough. I don't know if I tell anyone to bet on this. Because this game's very even. It's a rivalry game. It's on neutral field. It's going to go down to the wire. It's going to be super close. But at the end of the day, I, I'll go and just give Army the edge. Very close game. It'll go down to the wire. Army by at most like five or six points. At most. So thank you all for listening to this. Uh next episode, who knows? Hopefully it's a lot more uh closer to here than my last episode was to this episode. So uh yeah. I won't have on I won't be on anywhere near as long a break as I as I was just recently. No. That's not happening anymore. So, yeah, definitely a, n- a new episode every week, most likely. So, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you all. Again, without you guys, I can't do this. I'm at least 70 episodes, I think. And it's all 
Again, this wouldn't exist without you guys listening. Uh, also, for downloading and subscribing and liking and following, because again, without you guys doing that either, I can't do this. So again, thank you all. Also, follow me on social media, on Twitter, at Pulliam, P-U-L-L-I-A-M, underscore Blake, all lowercase, on threads, Blake underscore Pulliam1, all lowercase, and on TikTok, the Triple Option Report, just like my podcast, and that's it for today. See you guys again next episode, most likely next week. See you guys. Bye.